Welcome back to Self Love School. I'm so happy and excited that you're here. My name is Satuda and I am all about creating a community of self-love, self-care and confidence. Today's guest is a fascinating, powerful and honest individual who I learned so much from. His name is Mahib. He's the founder of Depthwork and he's also a trainee holistic life coach. Our discussion was on service, purpose, healing, vulnerability, and how to live a purpose-driven life. This episode is so powerful and you will love it. Make sure you listen all the way through and enjoy the episode. We'll serve people and serve everyone. I think it's important to, to know a bit about a bit about my story. I think that that's the important thing in everyone is that we all have a story. And our story can either serve us or it can hurt us or it can harm us. We can actually experience power from our story or we can experience disempowerment from our story. I grew up in a very deprived area in um, in the area of Birmingham. It was, it, it was such a deprived area. There's, you know, gang culture, crime, violence. Uh, and uh, at the time that I went to school, my school was actually in special measures. So the school was like literally an eyelash away from being closed. So this you know, brought in a lot of resentment within the teachers, so even... Hi everyone, thank you so much for being here with us. I'm so grateful and excited to welcome Mohit with us today. It's so great to be with you. Oh, it's awesome being here, man. I just want to say thank you so much. Like, I've been on Instagram and I've seen some of the work that you've been doing and helping people and serving people. And it's just like, it really is a great honor to be here with you today and, and everyone else in the room. It's, it's special. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. That's so kind of you. Honestly, it's such a pleasure having you here and I've seen your work as well. And that's why I've invited you for this podcast. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to talk about these things that have been asked so many times mm -hmm. by um, other people. Mm -hmm. And uh, they would love to know more mm -hmm. about what you do. Mm -hmm. And you talk about service, purpose, and healing. Mm -hmm. And um, I just really wanted to know your thoughts and your advice and your teachings on this topic. Mm -hmm. So uh, maybe we can just start by um, asking, first of all, mm -hmm. before we can do, we can live our purpose, what mm -hmm. do we need to do? That's a really good question, actually. And... Um... I think it's a question that I've asked myself a lot and before I can provide and articulate a a good enough answer that will serve people and, and serve everyone I, I think it's important to to know a bit about a bit about my story I, I think that that's the important thing in everyone is that we all have a story and our story can either serve us or it can hurt us or it can harm us we can actually experience power from our story or we can experience disempowerment from our story i grew up in a very deprived area in um, in the area of birmingham it was it, it was such a deprived area there's you know gang culture crime violence uh, and uh, at the time that i went to school my school was actually in special measures so the school was like literally an eyelash away from being closed so this you know brought in a lot of resentment within the teachers so even the teaching wasn't very good and I, I, I was always that kid that would just get chucked out of school. Like mm -hmm. That was who I was. And 
you know, those years growing up as a teenager, you need to have a sense of narrative in such a busy world with so much information, times are changing. I didn't really have much of a narrative. And I remember after being chucked out of school like six or seven times, going through so much, specifically at home, you know, witnessing mom and dad going through this terrible, terrible divorce. Uh, I just began to question. I was like, wow, like, what is this all about? You know, like, why are we here? Like, what am I doing? And I have like these really deep existential questions. And uh, obviously left school with like literally near to nothing, no GCSEs. And I remember being at home one day and I sort of just broke down. And I remember like looking up, <laughs> I remember like looking up to the sky, looking up and sort of thinking like, if there's anything out there, if there's anyone, anything out there, just like give me a hand. Like maybe just give me a bit of a hand, give me a bit of a push, you know. Uh, I need a bit of wind, you know, on my sails kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of things started to change for me. And that's where I really got in touch with this idea of purpose. And I got in touch with this th th these deep ideas of having values, having values and virtues, having strengths. And I feel like to answer your question... I feel like the most important thing that one of the most important things that a person can do when they want to get in touch with their purpose is to just really get in touch with yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, really find out where you are right now and, and, be, and be brutally honest. Um, because in that honesty will come such an ever pervading grace yeah. that will just uncover some of the most deepest hidden uh, realities within the human being you know we're walking around thinking that we're mechanical walking around thinking that we're just muscular or we're bones and we're blood but we're so much so much more and i feel like that's why my business is named depth work because mm -hmm. the work that you're doing goes very deep right um just get in touch with your depth and, and that's what i did so i i went to college and struggled through college but then i was getting myself out of that haze you know that trance that, you know, that trance of unworthiness that a lot of us get ourselves stuck in. Oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, I'm this. Oh, I'm that. And I remember sitting down with a, a teacher and this, this man absolutely changed my life. You know, he sat down. He was a very eccentric fellow. He used to wear pink bow ties and red socks and he used to wear tap shoes to school and he, like, to college. So he was, like, super, super interesting. So when I, when I spent time with him, um, he sat me down and, and that's where I really discovered the idea of purpose. And he said to me, he said... Uh, you have to know where you're going, son. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> He's like, you have to know where you're going, son. Because uh, whether you like it or not, you're traveling at the speed of light. And if you don't know where you're going, you may, you may, you may crash, you may tumble, you may fall. But you better, you better, you better know where you're heading. Because if you don't, ain't going to be nice out there, you know. And uh, that's where I sort of started to discover this idea of, of purpose. And it's not a superficial purpose either, like really deep, deep purpose that, that, that I'm still, disclaimer, still trying to uncover till this day. I'm not, I'm not claiming that I've found that. Yeah. But I'm definitely still on the way to, to discovering that and unpacking it. So to, well, it was a really long answer. <laughs> Whoa. No, it's great. Thank Went you. Went in there. Um, <laughs> It's sort of like, yeah, just be, just be honest. Be really honest with yourself. Yeah. Take a look in the mirror. 
because it's so everyone's talking about purpose now. Yeah. Everyone's talking, you gotta find your purpose. Mm. You know, and it's like, yeah, okay. And it's like bouncing from one thing to another thing, and it's superficial. When we look at ourselves and we take a look and we realize that as a human being, there are deeper realities within us, and that we're not these mechanistic robots that are just here for no reason. Yeah. That's when we can really get in touch. That's so wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your story. It's mm. so inspiring. And I think it's going to inspire so many young people that are actually going through such similar experiences now because mm-hmm. all all we need is to look at someone and say, they've been through it. I mm. can do the same. Yeah. So yeah. thank you so much for sharing that. And um, you said something, you said um, that you came home and you broke down. Mm. So how important is vulnerability in this process of finding yourself and mm. and finding your purpose? Wow, that's so powerful. Such a powerful question. I remember there was a time in my life where a majority of it, I was but majority of the time in my life I'd spend just walking around either feeling sorry for myself or sort of not allowing anyone to know what I was really feeling. Yeah. Because so many times in the past I had done so and I'd been let down and I tried to experience that proximity with another human being. I remember coming home one day and uh, I struggled really hard on this exam and uh, I, the teacher called me and she sat me down. She goes, I want to have some words. I was like, oh no, is it like another D? Is it another E? Is it even an F? She's like, sat me down and she said, and I was like fiddling with my tie and I was so nervous. And she was like, "Ah, I've got some, I got some news for you. And I was like, oh man, I like worked so hard for this exam. Did I pass? Did I not? Like, what is it? She hands me the sheet of paper. I open it. It's like a B plus. Mm. I'm like so over the moon coming from a U to a B plus. I run home. I'm so excited. I put my backpack onto my, my bags. I'm like walking home like this, you know, n- nerdy kid. You know, I come mom, dad, like B plus and like pff, silence. Like no one cares. Yeah. And it's like bone crushing, dude. Yeah, like yeah. it hurts so much and it's like at that point you just you just close in you shut everything down you say well if if the two people that brought me here are not gonna you know and they had their own stuff going on like i'm not blaming them and that's what makes people close down that's when i started to really just close down and i think that vulnerability is so important because that's when you can just let go like mm-hmm. if I asked you to pick up a 500 kg weight, it'd probably like not happen, right? Mm-hmm. But let's say you're already holding that 500 kg weight and I just say, let go. Yeah. And you're able to just uh, let go. That's what vulnerability does. It gives us the space to let go. Mm-hmm. And in that space, that's when the grace or the presence of God can enter. And that's when we feel like we can do like this handover, like this Passover. It's yeah. like, I'm just going to give it all to you. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, oh, I'm just going to give it all to you because clearly I can't handle it. I can't hold it. I can't carry it no more. And that's what I felt like as a kid. So I just came home, just sat down. And what actually had happened was um, I enrolled at a college uh, a little late. I enrolled at a college a little late. And uh, the college was like, yeah, you can totally come on board. You just have to like catch up with all your work. And once you've caught up, we'll be more than happy to support you. So I did so. I, I caught up with all the work and uh, it was like from September to, to February. I was like doing so much coursework. Like seriously, I was like pulling nighters. I was ruining my health just to achieve, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we've all been there. Like we yes. just, you know, yeah, you've gone definitely. into overdrive to achieve because you feel like, yeah, achievement's going to really fill that hole inside of me. <laughs> so I'm like going, 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 going. Red Bull cans, Doritos. It was just crazy. 
and uh, they sat me down and they said to me um we we need to talk to you and i think this was like march or may and they said uh, so we know that you've done all the work but we're so sorry we forgot to actually enter you <laughs> we oh, forgot no. we forgot to enter you into the exam board so no. uh we can't actually like submit your work so all the work that you did was for nothing and i'm there like a 17 year old kid like completely confused and lost and i'm looking at this guy and he's there he's got his glasses on and i'm like so so what do i do now and he shuts the door he gets up shuts the door sits down and he goes do you want me to tell you the truth i went one he goes go home and forget this ever happened oh my goodness yeah so at that point i was like oh man what do i do now and i just came home and obviously came home to like parents that were like oh what the heck and then it was like that's when i experienced such deep deep grace mm. it was like uh it was sort of like this this ethereal voice from another world was saying don't worry come to me come to me and i'll complete you yeah it was like come to me you see now that the world can't give you much huh you've seen now that this world's only going to break your heart mm. i've designed it so come to me i will make your i will make your heart whole as molana rumi says i was knocking and i was knocking little did i know that i was knocking from the inside yeah wow so you know so vulnerability will open you up to that definitely oh wow that's so beautiful <laughs> it's so beautiful honestly it's just so amazing that you say that because letting go it's so important for us mm-hmm. we consistently constantly need to let go of of uh, superficial things of mm. this world whether mm-hmm. it's you know what we want to achieve like um educationally or people's expectations or um any of these things of mm. this world and i think it really does allow us to kind of surrender to the divine yeah absolutely and um that really is the reason to everything that happens whether it's a divorce or it's a loss of a job or something mm. big that happens mm. in our lives mm is to get us back to where we need to be 100% back home right yeah that's what it is back home back home yeah and there's this concept of of in in the in the um in the islamic tradition of toba yes toba tawab which is sort of very simply translated as repentance yeah and that's not actually the case mm-hmm. it's actually a really massive concept in the tradition of turning back mm-hmm. this idea of turning round this idea of turning back to what you have forgotten in the arabic we are called insan yeah. right and the root of that is actually nisyan which is to forget mm-hmm. so it's like we're constantly forgetting and god's constantly calling us to remember yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. through this process of turning are you ever seen a, a whirling dervish before yes of course that's yeah. what he's doing he's turning around again and again back to god back yeah. to god back to god and that's what our experience is is this idea of turning back and for those that are listening if you don't necessarily believe in god then that's turning back to the divine it's turning back to the higher one the turning back to the ultimate reality turning back to um who we really are it, you know essentially yeah. you know turning back to that that depth and there's a poem that says uh i'm now twirling like a dervish you now have me dancing in yeah. ecstasy you now have me dancing yeah you know i'm just i'm just spinning and you know i think that's really like i think that's our story you know as human beings yeah we're just trying to get back home like yeah. so like <laughs> how many of us just want to feel whole how many people come up to you and just say i want to feel whole again mm-hmm. it's like yeah. well like what's missing right and it's like 
that that deep connection why do we hug other human beings why do we feel love is because in that split second of feeling love yeah so you feel whole again it's like yeah. a taste of god a taste of that divine yeah. in in the presence yeah yeah so profound yeah that's amazing so powerful and maybe the problem is sometimes that we look for that satisfaction for that fulfillment mm. in people places and things mm. Mm. and mm. we attach ourselves to to these things and mm. um we never find it there and it always mm. guides us back mm. yeah. to yeah to go back inside and to look yeah for for bigger for for a bigger meaning of a- life absolutely no 100 percent. Mm-hmm. yeah that's definitely a massive uh fact however there's a there's a concept in in, in the soul which is which is known as l- loosely i mean like not 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 a a one-to-one translation but this this the concept of self-purification mm-hmm. this idea of wayfaring on a spiritual path um is the idea of suhba, this idea of purposeful companionship yes this yeah. idea of being with people not for the sake of people but for the sake of the divine yeah it's just like when a community of people come together to serve one another to love one another to enact mm-hmm. divine qualities yeah to, to witness mercy to witness love to witness forbearance mm-hmm. and that's sort of like uh suhba. and i feel like a lot of the time now a lot of us are sort of struggling with the idea of companionship we're looking for the deep deep companionship a lot of us feel isolated mm-hmm. alone in a room full of people yeah yeah right you've ever felt that i felt that yeah, i felt that last week <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah. i was like in a room full of people and i was like why do i feel so alone yeah. and it was like well what's the purpose of this gathering yeah. what are we here for are we here for uh are we here to just simply fulfill our base desires are we here for fun food bit of laugh and a joke and and that's it are we just here for these superficialities yeah. you know and there is comes a point in your life where this doesn't mean anything anymore and you don't really oh, enjoy man. it anymore <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah that's when you have the identity crisis <laughs> <laughs> that's where everything starts to break down yeah you know as life coach as a as a as a trainee holistic life coach What's super interesting is a lot of people project on me that I got it all figured out. Dude, mm-hmm. I'm having identity crises like <laughs> at least like once a week. <laughs> because all of the things that I thought mattered to me like are no longer mattering to me along this journey of growth. Yeah. And then a week later, oh, look, they matter to me again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like this, you know. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, definitely. So... Obviously, before we used to identify with things and people and places, we used to attach ourselves to them. And at some point we realized, well, that's not going to get us what we want. Mm. So how do we detach ourselves and how do we, because detachment is one of the processes that's really important in your spiritual journey as well. Mm. So how Mm. do we actually do that? How do we detach ourselves? I'm I'm still 100% figuring that out. That is something that I'm definitely sort of trying to understand mm-hmm. one of the things that i realized recently is that you can become attached to detachment yeah if that makes sense mm-hmm. so you can become attached to detachment because of the outcome that detachment results in mm-hmm. or sometimes you can sort of look at detachment as a way of of getting what you want and mm. it's not true detachment yeah you know um this is amazing in the world but not of it this idea of in the world but not of it um this concept of being here but not being it 
Mm-hmm. And I, I think that I'm sort of trying to like discover it, trying to, for me, one of the most important things is I try my best to not always fill the blanks with my own understanding. Mm-hmm. I have tons and tons of teachers. I have so many teachers, so many mentors. Some Some of them are alive. Actually, all of them are alive, really. <laughs> uh, well, it, 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 you know, <laughs> some of them are alive. Uh, some of them have passed, but like they've left some of their great works behind. Like yeah, uh, there's yeah, a really interesting book called "Letting Go: The Pathway to Surrender" by Dr. David Hawkins, oh, where amazing. he, yeah, where okay. he, where he actually speaks about this idea of letting go and and yeah, surrender yeah. and and detaching. Um, but what I've discovered is that it's just a crazy journey, right? This idea yeah. of detachment. Like, I love people, but I've got to detach from them enough to let to to allow myself to love them fully. Yeah. Like, uh, I re- I I think I learned when I was eighteen years old after a really bad relationship and breakup that love does not mean ownership. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, it doesn't. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I love you. <laughs> Brackets. I Be mine. <laughs> Be mine. It's like, no, Forever. you're leaving me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it was like, whoa, that was painful. But it was a good lesson, huh? That love does not mean ownership. That mm-hmm. love is space. That love is this boundlessness for for uh, your partner to uh, thrive in. Yeah. And that definitely comes from uh, detachment. There's another concept in the soul, which is known as zuhud, uh, asceticism, which is... Hmm. Which is which is a quite a profound form of detachment, which is mm-hmm. a deep detachment from the world, where there were uh, what are known as Sufi masters mm-hmm. or Gnostics, uh, knowers of God, knowers of of deep reality, that would uh, be completely um, detached from the world, mm-hmm. to the point where they wouldn't eat, mm-hmm. to the point where they would forsake, you know, even buying clothes. You know, um, the Prophet Muhammad, blessings and peace be upon him, was very much detached from this world. Yeah. Um. To the point that he wouldn't sleep until every single dirham, a unit of currency, was out of his house. Mm. He just wouldn't go to sleep. He just that there was one tradition that reports that um during uh during the time of spiritual program, what we call salah during the time of spiritual program, also what's known as sadhana, you know, mm-hmm. this idea of uh yeah spiritual program, right? I, yeah. I'd call it that. He literally prayed, and and once he finished the prayer, he like walked so fast to the point that he was like going like past people really quickly, and they'd never seen him do that before. And that when he came back, they said, "Oh, messenger, oh, oh, prophet, uh, like what happened? Like what was that? Like what was that about?" And he said, "I had some gold in my house, and it was giving me a bit of anxiety, so I just had to get, I just had to get, I just had to let that go." Yeah. Right. I just had to, I just had to let that go. Really. I had to just let that go. Mm-hmm. It actually like developed that state in him. And I think the best advice to those who want to detach, spend time with detached people. Yeah. Company is everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure you've met in your time that people who want to heal. And then you meant the minute you ask them, so what's your company like? Oh man. Wow. It's like <laughs> not what they want. They're not in alignment. They're not yeah. in alignment with with, and their company's not in alignment, and Definitely, they're like yeah. they're like odd sheep, or they're like the one who wants to break away and they can't break away, and they need that support. Companies, everything. I've spent time with men who are so detached mm-hmm. from this world; it's like they're not here anymore. They are like, there's a man who used to live in the Mauritanian desert. Mm-hmm. He recently passed away. He literally, literally, at one point in his life, had one cow and a bit of money, one cow and a bit of money. 
and the clothes on his back. That's it. Mm-hmm. He was a teacher. And uh, a man, I think a woman came to him or a man came to him and they had a conversation and he came to the point where he, had to, he gave up his cow. So now he just has money. So then I think a few hours later, he like gave his money away as well. And it was like recorded that at this point, this man had not like literally nothing. But when they asked him, he goes, by God, I have everything. Yeah. So there's like levels of this detachment. And I feel like, you know, if we just go back to, to the ancient traditions, if we just take a look at Hinduism for just a moment, mm. some of the scripture and literature on detachment from some of the, the great Hindu masters is profound. Yeah. And I feel like that's what we're missing is we're sort of afraid of religion a bit. We're afraid of organized religion. Yeah. I'm afraid of organized religion. Like, just like <laughs> damn. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm, af- I'm afraid of it too. Yeah. But it's like, they still have some authentic truths that within them, right? You know, like some of the stuff that the amazing uh, religion, like Hinduism speaks mm-hmm. about detachment is profound. Yeah. And, and because it's coming from enlightened masters, yeah, the energy of that's going to just really hit you so much more if you know what i mean Mm because it's coming from their energy yeah you know when you read a statement from krishna Mm -hmm. it's like bang yeah straight into the heart because this this is a reality yeah you know what i mean and then we've lost that now yeah we've really lost that that reality that there are ascended masters that there are people out there who have ascended to such a level that their aura is uh bigger than the world i would say and it's helping us right if oh, we yeah. if we actually oh, yeah, take the time to think about them and call mm. upon them and mm. yeah like totally enlist yeah. their support big time enlist their support david hawkins says um he has a, an audiobook i think 101 ways to success so cool definitely recommend it. it's amazing mm. and in one of the ways of success he says uh, accompany yourself with uh, ascended masters gurus and saints and 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 yogis and pray that their energy stays in your aura yeah because when you have their energy in your aura you're taking on the energy of a Mm self-realized person do you know what i mean yeah um so yeah it's powerful it's kind of raising your vibration 100 yeah yeah 100 i spent a lot of time in morocco there's a there's okay a, there's i just a... came back from there yeah. oh really <laughs> yeah, awesome yeah. how did you find it it was amazing where yeah. did you go tangier oh wow that's where yeah. i'm from that's where my mom's from really yeah so oh, i'm half wow. pakistani half moroccan oh, okay. so my mom's actually from tangier yeah awesome it's really cool i spent a lot of time in fez oh yes so that's fez a is known place. as the spiritual yeah. center yes. of of morocco yeah. and there's not a space that you can walk in Fez without finding the the mausoleum of of a saintly person who's, yeah. who's passed. And yeah. I've spent a lot of time visiting uh, some of these amazing amazing spaces and and visiting visiting great men. Great, me great too. Men. I I visited a few. So. Awesome! <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. I how don't remember their names. <laughs> how did you find it though? How did you feel? It was amazing. Yeah, the energy is very different. Obviously, mm. you feel their presence and you hear about their stories. And one of mm. the stories is actually about detachment he was one of the saints Mm. was guided by god Mm -hmm. to give everything he has Mm. away to to poor people wow and you know see what happens Mm. and he did that Mm -hmm. and obviously his his wife and his children left him Mm -hmm. so he was this was his greatest test wow he said this was my biggest test that i was given um and sometimes as um 
humans wow. having a spiritual experience, we can be guided to have such an experience. Yeah. Um, where you know sometimes it can be difficult. It can mm. be difficult, but <clears throat> yeah, he was just saying all all of these things about detachment. They had to do it mm. to learn a lesson, and it's mm. all to learn lessons. Our 100%. experiences are all about learning lessons, like surrender, detachment, letting go, forgiveness, yeah, understanding, yeah, yeah. compassion, self love, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all of these things. Are uh, you know different experiences teach us different things, 100%. and instead of seeing it as a difficult experience, we can see it as a blessing. One hundred percent. You know, yeah, see yeah. it as something. I experienced this, and I learned this big lesson. I'm 100%. closer to God now because Absolutely. of this experience. Absolutely. So yeah, it's it's just an amazing yeah. uh, place to be because I Absolutely. think you get information energetically as well. Mm. It's not obviously you read books and you learn so much from books mm. but if you have the experience you get the knowledge through experience and through the energy mm. energetically mm. so it's yeah it was a wonderful experience that's so powerful and you mentioned something that's so interesting that i read about not too long ago that that um that in every divine decree so in every occurrence that happens there is a portion of divine gifts yeah. available so it's like we can be put in very tough situations very tough positions right yeah. so there's a story of the young girl who's in the desert mm-hmm. all alone and she's sat there in it's pitch black darkness and she's crying and wailing out for her father wailing mm. for her father and it's dark so she can't see him right and she's wailing and wailing and, and wailing and then uh, as soon as the day breaks and the light is, she realizes that her father is actually closer to her than she realized, extremely mm-hmm. proximal. And that's our story with with, with God. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's when the wailing becomes sweet. Yeah. Because we realize that, oh, you were here all, all along. Yes, of course. Yeah, <laughs> oh, 100%. Like, oh, like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's... Uh, it's just so much illusion that is blocking that. Mm, yeah, that, yeah. That Big feeling, time. yeah. 100%. Of knowing yeah yeah i've been feeling that uh like over the last few weeks mm-hmm. like um so I, I really try to limit my digital media time i really try to limit how much time i spend yeah. like uh i have hobbies that involve you know spending a lot of time with technology i, I enjoy all of that uh but like over the past few weeks it's been like really intense it's been far more than i usually would like it to, like it to be and um just been not spending enough time in nature not been grounding myself enough not been taking those walks not been meditating enough and i feel like you feel a difference when you really go into that mm-hmm. like it's oh, like a matrix definitely I, it's like such a matrix and you'll start to see things that you didn't see before yeah so like these past i'd say about 10 days or so just mm-hmm. been on like such a huge media binge just been watching far more than i would watch been sort of gaming far more than i would game mm. on instagram far more than i would be whatsapp constant communication connection 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 and uh I, it was as if i was turning into a completely different person it's exhausting yeah i was it? snapping yeah. i was irritable i wasn't yeah. getting a good enough sleep mm-hmm. i was waking up with a blocked nose yeah <laughs> affects you physically yeah well. and it was yeah. like what's going on here and i was like ah oh, I know what I have not been doing. Mm. I have not been spending time in nature. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. a tradition that states that the prophet said, immerse yourself in greenery. Yeah, wow. Immerse yourself in greenery. And I was speaking Beautiful. to my optician friend and he said that green is actually optimal wave frequency. Yeah. yeah it's like, yeah. like right in the middle. It's like, and green is also the wow. color of the heart chakra. Yes, it is. And yeah. green being the color of the heart. What's the heart chakra? The heart's the bridge. 
The heart is the bridge between the physical and the spiritual. Mm-hmm. It connects the three top chakras of the bottom three. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, so I haven't been spending enough time with trees, man. I'll go <laughs> see my tree friends, you know. <laughs> my friends are like, you're such a tree hugger. And I'm like, I yeah, I am. <laughs> like, of course I'm a tree hugger. There needs to be more of us, honestly, because, yeah, people can say these things, but it's so necessary for our well-being 100% like it's so important like I can't wait like I've been planning this sort of um self solo retreat like I want to go like I want to go book like a Mongolian yurt in the middle of nowhere in Wales yeah so if you guys if you've not seen a Mongolian yurt like google that it's like the coolest thing you'll ever (laughs) see Uh, in the middle of Wales and just like be there alone for like three days, oh. switch my phone off, p- like put it into some brick Nokia, yeah. and then just totally immerse myself with nature. Amazing! I've been yeah. planning it for like so long, but there's That's blockages, amazing. right? Yeah, we f- we face these blockages. There is, yeah. And I'm so tired of this narrative that just because I'm a holistic life coach that I've got it figured out. No, yeah. Or or that because I I've decided to take this journey that. You know, my life must be bliss 100% 10 mm-hmm. times. No, it's it's, it's not, yeah. you know, it's a journey. It's, it's a spiral. It's a spectrum, you know, and I'm just really trying and really trying and praying and choosing to be awake through it all, you know. Yeah. That, that's that's literally it. Conscious, just being conscious yeah. through everything. 100%, yeah. absolutely. Uh, you mentioned meditation and contemplation. How important mm. is that in in the journey to finding your purpose and to living your purpose Mm. because a lot of people you see mm -hmm. sorry to cut you off a lot of people um can do can pray can have like a ritual but meditation is something they find difficult to do that's interesting you know Mm -hmm. um i've met a few people that struggle with meditation so um primarily a lot a lot of people i've met struggle with the breath meditation just focusing on the breathing breathing in breathing out breathing in breathing out and they and they say that oh the minute i do that my mind decides to go at 150 miles per hour and and i can't stop it and i think that for me just generally i think that's the first fallacy that's being sold to people is this idea of stopping your um, your mind Mm. it's not actually stopping your mind mm-hmm. it's watching the mind yeah and and, observing, and the, yeah. yeah observe and the more that we try to stop it oh wow the more powerful it gets <laughs> because you're using the mind to stop the mind yeah and it creates like if you have a camera um so like you know like a tv camera if you point the tv camera to a tv yeah this crazy interference starts to happen mm-hmm. oh yeah like this crazy interference happens on the tv you cannot show the tv the, the tv if that makes sense yeah, yeah so imagine you got a tv right and you point a camera over at the tv mm-hmm. to display the picture of the tv on the tv it doesn't mm. work yeah this oh so sorry it's okay so what happens is is this crazy feedback starts to happen and that's what's actually happening with us right now we're in this position we're in this state where we're trying to use our mind to mm-hmm. switch our mind off so i experimented with quite a few forms of meditation unfortunately not formally with teachers though however mm-hmm. um i i really do wish to spend time with some of the great meditation teachers right like oh my god like jack cornfield or ram das or yeah. you know some rinpoche uh up in like you know tibet that'd be awesome yeah, but i've not been formally trained in meditation but what really worked for me and changed my life was sensory deprivation flotation therapy oh, okay that completely changed my life um so to explain to those that don't know what flotation therapy is you enter into a pod 
Yeah. So it's like a float pod. Um, it's big enough, so it's not like a coffin or anything like that. It's it's quite wide and spacious, and the water is actually filled with something known as absinthe salts, if I'm correct. And these salts uh, help your body float. So you're floating on 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 this water, right? Mm. And this you know this cool little device actually heats up to the same temperature as your body, mm. so your body stops feeling like it's in water and it starts to feel like it's just floating on a cloud. Mm. But to take it even further, you're in complete silence and darkness as yeah. well. So you close the lid and you're in complete silence and you're in complete darkness. The first time that I did that, I swear to you guys, I'm not gonna lie, I stopped feeling my body. I couldn't feel my body at all. I found like but I felt like boundless spacious freedom yeah and and slowly but surely what started to happen was those 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 thoughts that a lot of people have that i also have started to calm down a bit Mm. and it was just quiet it's just silence and i really helped and there's some research to suggest that it actually helps with our brain waves as suggesting that uh, meditators, people who have been meditating for a long time, generally tend to have alpha waves mm-hmm. a lot more frequently. What flotation therapy helps you do is go deeper and enter into a state of theta, yeah. which is the sort of creative side where mm-hmm. you can sort of imagine a better future for yourself, where you can relax, where you can revisit old memories, where you can see your future in a different light. So that really helped. And um, another form of meditation that really helped me was the do nothing meditation. So there's a Zen form of meditation where you literally do nothing. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no achievement in it. It's not like, hey, look at me, I'm meditating. It's like you literally do nothing. You just sit and stare at, at, at a spot, mm-hmm. and your mind will just carry on doing its thing. Um, or you'll just observe it, and you're like, oh, look, there's the mind again doing its thing. Yeah. Um, and third, guided meditation. So there's an awesome guided meditation. Oh online. yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's one um, thing that's helped me. Yeah. I'm sure you've got your own forms of guided meditation that you do yourself, I do, right? Yes, yeah, I yeah, do guys, know. check that out. Check her guided meditations <laughs> thank out. Thank you, yeah. thank you. So yeah, those are the three sort of ways that I would go about meditating. But mm-hmm. there's nothing like learning from a master. Oh, definitely. Oh, come yeah. on, like there's nothing like learning from a master. Someone like you spent time with Sadhguru. Is that I correct? did. Yeah. What was that like? That was amazing. Um, for me, meditation process and you know the whole spiritual development. Um, started when I went to India I did yoga and meditation and Mm. I stayed there for two and a half months and I went to the Himalayas and everything Mm. and that really gave me some time to kind of slow down and you know meditate and Mm. to be honest with you I found it really boring when I started Mm, mm, when I started mm. meditation I found it boring I think a lot of people do because it's just you don't know what to do with yourself at that point a lot of thoughts come up a lot of emotions come up and and you're just a little bit confused and I think that's mm, one of the main reasons people give up or never try it again Um, but I carried on um, and I kept trying every single day. I just, I just kept trying and trying and trying. And spending time in nature really helps as well because wow. the vibration in nature is different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's just much easier to get to that point where Absolutely, yeah. you feel free and you feel like you're floating in the air. 100%. And, and you just feel this lightness. Um, and then I came back here and I did Sadhguru. Um, it's called uh, Inner Engineering. Mm. 
Awesome. And it's kind of um, sets of positions mm. where you release tension wow. physically from the body. Okay. Because sometimes what stops us from meditation, mm -hmm. from uh, being in that theta brainwave state, yeah. mm -hmm. is physical tension. Wow. It's literally tension in the body that's blocking like you. Like unwilling to let go of that, yeah. like that, that real tense yeah, yeah, tension. Yeah, yeah. we hold wow. tension and memories in, in ourselves, in the wow. body, in our tissues, in the hips especially. And that's why a lot of people have tight hips. So if we release that, we can release a lot of tension. That's so powerful. So, yeah, so I did that and I released a lot of tension and a lot of tears, you know. It, Good for you. Yeah, once you release that memory and tension, you, mm. you do find yourself releasing a lot a, a, a lot of these things through crying and um just releasing and uh, also breath work that's one oh, thing that helped me yeah. as well yeah. breathing exercises which i learned from Sadhguru and mm. when i was in india mm. and that really helps you release to be honest with you i just i don't know how i was breathing before that like we don't know how to breathe that's so true properly that is so we have true. no idea how to get oxygen properly yeah and it's just it's crazy sometimes you know that's deep and especially because we live in you know in big cities and the, there isn't much fresh air so it's so important to spend time in so nature yeah. and uh, that's what i did yeah and this really kind of purified my mind that's amazing you like to say yeah, and yeah, yeah. um and then it was much easier for me to meditate and to get to that state of of bliss you mm. know and i think even if you get to that stage for 10 minutes a day it's just it's gonna make such a big difference mm. it's just so amazing yeah yeah 100 it makes a yeah. massive impact changes your life yeah life before flotation therapy i still don't know if i i still don't think i know how to breathe properly properly do you know what i mean mm. like that's something that i would definitely like to go ahead and explore like breath work yeah definitely. like to genuinely learn and there's so many secrets with the breath yes like all yeah. the poets speak about breath in, yeah. in you know. Prophet in, Muhammad himself speaks about breath. He does, yeah. you know, this idea that God breathed into yeah. Adam, you know, the nafs comes from nafas, yeah. meaning breathing, yeah. this idea of breath. Uh, it's so powerful. There's a really powerful audiobook on breath by Andrew Wheel. Mm -hmm. uh, I definitely recommend everyone to check that out. It's a very powerful audiobook on the breath where he speaks about a long-term patient that he had where nothing helped this guy but breathing, mm. where deep breath work. Um, and you can actually enter into altered states of consciousness through yeah. deep, deep, deep breathing. Mm -hmm. And and it's it's a massive tool for manifestation. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. A lot of the time that I tried to manifest things. Um, sorry, excuse me. So... Um, Last year, I went to California, mm -hmm. and I was, like, so anxious. I was, like, they're not going to let me through. What do I do? And <laughs> the only thing that they're not going to let me airport. through, I'm not going to get to go to California. Oh, no, my, you know, my dream of going to California. And the only thing that helped me uh, just grind myself and be cool and be calm was actually breathing. Yeah. It was, like, taking really deep breaths, grinding myself, feeling my feet. And that's often usually, like, the main thing that I that – I, that I sort of try to like encourage people to do mm. is like, when was the last time you took a deep breath? Yeah. Even if you don't know how to breathe properly, yeah, like yeah, yeah. let's not get caught, catch up, like caught up on technicalities here. Yeah. Just take a deep breath. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know deep what I mean? Breath, yeah, yeah. yeah. We forget to, to take that. deep breaths. Yeah. And we also forget to stretch. Oh, we definitely. Yeah. <laughs> we so forget to stretch, you know, yeah. uh, like, uh, I remember 
um, I was like super anxious. Like, I don't know why. I think I, I did have a, a very big bout of anxiety mm-hmm. where I was just like constantly anxious, just mad anxiety. And uh, stretching just helped so much. Mm-hmm. Just helped take away so much of that anxiety away. And it really helps you connect to your body. I mean, like you do, you do yoga mm-hmm. and you teach yoga and stuff like that. What do you think is, not what, how do people feel when they finally like reconnect to their body and you get to witness that what's that like for you oh my goodness so basically what i do is i use um uh yoga positions Mm. to kind of release all fear shame guilt resentment Mm. um anger Mm. um jealousy Mm -hmm. from different chakras of the body so once that's released Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um you know we do breath work we do the uh, positions um and movement Mm. and after this i do a guided meditation Mm. and we basically release we just keep releasing stuff yeah and tension and Mm. belief systems and everything that's holding them back thoughts Mm. emotions everything yeah and once it's released, mm-hmm. then we do affirmations and we kind of put new things in, in the mind. And, That's so powerful, man. And I think at that point, then a lot of people feel that, you know, kind of blissful state. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah they do. And that's what's um, beautiful. And, and that's just like that blissful state, sort of like just that freedom. Yeah. Lightness. Like, that lightness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have a concept of that in, uh, in, in the tradition known as fitra. This, mm-hmm. the fitra. Yeah. this idea that humans have a deep innate human nature Mm -hmm. so we currently live in the west Mm -hmm. and some of the western thinkers brought out this idea that humans have no nature and that you go and create your own nature Mm -hmm. whereas in the islamic tradition it's like no we actually have a deep inner nature known as the fitra or if you want to get fancy and technical the primordial light that god has modeled us upon Mm -hmm. a nature Mm -hmm. and that on the spiritual path, it's all about removing that which is not essential. Yeah. This idea of removing anything that blocks the fitra. Yeah. So trauma, for example, anger, yeah. lust, all of these things yeah. are what we consider to be lodged in the heart. Yeah. And the seeker, the, the salik, the one who is seeking, will go upon a journey of purifying that. Yeah. He'll go upon a journey of purifying the heart. Yeah. And through this state of purification, which mm-hmm. is, again, letting go of traumas, letting go of false beliefs, letting go of negative self-limitations, they'll start to purify themselves and get to experience deeper states of reality. Yeah. Um, and th- th- like this has been around for like a very, very long time. Yeah. Even in the Hindu tradition, there's this idea of bhakti, yeah. this idea of devotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Devotion is all there's this idea of seva, selfless service, all to let go of that trauma or whatever it is that to people release, are. Yeah, to release. That egoic yeah, yeah. mind. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the ego Illusions. loves being a victim. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because <laughs> like poor me yeah you know and so many of us are stuck in that you know Mm. i was stuck in that sometimes even till this day it will resurface yeah and it's like it's like a trance i just gotta snap myself out of it Mm. you know the other day i think i was home and i was just like sat down and i was just sort of like sitting down and i was feeling sorry for myself 
for yeah. whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, oh, look, there I go again, feeling sorry for myself. Yeah, it's observing. Like, it's a crazy trance yeah. thing and you can just fall into it. And you're like, <laughs> oh. And, 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 you, and you, you, you got to be able to snap that. Yeah. And I think that what it really does come down to is consciousness. It's being being conscious of yourself. Yeah. Not self-conscious in like the, 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 the negative sense, but yeah. having that deep level of self-awareness mm-hmm. and taking the step to do that work. So what I speak to a lot of my clients about is how are they functioning? How are you functioning physically? How are you functioning mentally? Mm-hmm. How are you functioning emotionally? How are you functioning uh, spiritually? spiritually yeah. How are you functioning in these dimensions? And I feel like the key to a beautiful life is to be engaged in all four. Mm-hmm. So holistic the, the, holistic psychology is looking at everything through the lens of an integrated whole. Yeah. So for example, um, I was telling Nilo just on the way here that there was a woman, she had a bad batch. She ate a bad batch of takeaway, right? Mm. Very innocent. She had this bad batch of takeaway and develops a throat infection. This throat infection then leads her to have negative thoughts yeah. of self-harm and of suicide. And she's actually a pretty grounded individual. She mm. doesn't have any pre-existing health conditions. There's no real mental health. So what's the link here? What's the link between food mm. and mental health? And it turns out oh, that yes. there's a huge link between your stomach and how you feel so this gut microbiome is constantly communicating with the brain to the point where scientists actually say that it's a conversation so when people come to me and say i feel anxious what's your diet like exactly what 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 are you eating right uh what are you consuming what are you putting inside yourself how often are you eating are you giving yourself enough time to digest Mm -hmm. you know um and there's so many like like so many examples of that for example many of us are actually holding on to grudges without realizing. Mm. Many of us are actually still pretty annoyed at the person that hurt us five years ago. Of course. And yeah. we're not fully letting it go, completely, completely letting it go. Mm. So that's working on the mental. It's like, so why are you why is that person always snappy? But it turns out that they've not forgiven the person from five years ago and they're still pretty annoyed and they're taking it out on everyone else, but they're not conscious of it. Yeah. And it's so powerful that when you take a look, like even inside myself, like there's this forgiveness meditation that you can that you can do online. It's called uh, the forgiveness meditation with Jack Cornfield, mm-hmm. where he takes you through the three uh, three dimensions of forgiveness. Forgive yourself. You forgive. You ask people to forgive you yeah. for what you've done, and you forgive them yeah. as well. So it's like the three dimensions of forgiveness, and people have reported. Like there's evidence to suggest now that people have reported that through this idea of radical forgiveness, they've completely alleviated their their illnesses and the things that are actually going on with them. I hundred percent believe right? that. Which is it's, crazy. Yeah. That people who bear grudges and resentment actually suffer from heart attacks. Oh my goodness, that is so true, and it's such a massive shift. Yeah. That forgiveness can give you 100%. and just improve your life so much. Yeah, one hundred percent. By consistently, yeah, doing the yeah. forgiveness meditation, consistently yeah. forgiving yourself and other people. Yeah, and, and it's tough, for right? Forgiveness. Yeah, it's hard. Like oh, you know, I'm yeah, not going to yeah. sit here on the microphone and say, "Yeah, totally, go forgive yourself." No, it's a process. Of course, you know, yeah. it's 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 as long as you as long as you can within what capacity you can you can you can totally go for it as long as you're willing to yeah, do it yeah 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 100% and ask for help you know mm. how do other people do it how mm. how is it done yeah. as long as we ask for help and ask for guidance i think we can get there mm. and mm. it's possible yeah yeah and yeah yeah 100% yeah. absolutely
Um, okay, so the questions about goals, because this is what you talk about in oh, your yeah. Yeah, <laughs> in your uh, life coaching. Um, tell us about setting goals and how we can achieve them. Ooh, interesting. So I, I remember uh, I was in Ubud uh, early. I was, I was in Ubud no, like late last year mm-hmm. and I got invited to do a workshop in Ubud, which was probably one of the most magical experiences of my entire life. Um, they, they, they hosted me at the ARC retreat center. Um, a lovely guy named Vinny uh, was present and he was like, come on down. And, and they just said like, go ahead, do your workshop. And it was like done in this amazing forestry in, in the, like in the hills of Ubud, Bali. And it was like eight or nine people from all different walks of life. And I sat down with them and I went through an exercise uh, where I got everyone to list their goals down. Just your general goal. Mm -hmm. Like just list your goals. And everyone was like there and they were writing down. And they were doing so with an energy that was a bit humdrum. It was like, yeah, okay, I'll write my goals down. Okay, I'll write my physical goal down. I'll write my spiritual goal. I'll write my mental goal. I'll write this goal. I'll write that goal. And, And, you know, and... Um, I made everyone go around in the circle and sort of like share the goals and everyone was like my goal is to and another person was like my goal and my goal my goal and it was like no one was really excited Mm. so I said okay cool what I want you to do now is I want you to times your goal by 10 Mm. I want you to amplify it I want you to multiply it I want you to just make it more grand than it can ever be I want you to make it seem impossible Mm -hmm. so each of them took the goals from each respective area and amplified it by 10. Like if someone's income goal was to earn $2,000 a month, it was like $20,000 a Mm. month. And then they went around the circle and everyone was so hyped to share their goal. It was like, (laughs) my goal is to open a yoga school from just like learning yoga to opening a yoga school. And it got them excited. And it made that previous goal they wrote down as a necessary step. But then I, I, but then I took it further. I took it further, and I said, "Amplify even more. What's your goal?" And everyone in the circle literally had a goal that did not concern themselves. It was all about service. Every single person in that circle had a goal where their original base goal was about acquisition and achievement. Amplified goal was just about service. It's like I just want to give. I just want to give. I just want to give. So, to those that are listening, if you write down physical. Uh, spiritual, financial, recreational, family and relationships uh, and income and, and write down this this sort of like very loose list. Uh, a lot of people make goal setting extremely serious. Mm-hmm. I want to bring back the fun in goal setting because we've been brought up in a, in a system of smart goals, you know, yeah. specific, measurable, achievable, realistically yeah. high managed, <laughs> you know, and that's cool. Like, don't get me wrong, but we've lost the capacity to dream you know yeah Yeah, like so one of my physical goals was the base goal was like like do qigong or qigong do qigong once a day on youtube amplified it become a qigong master yeah with two thousand hours of qigong learned from like the great you know qigong masters and it was like it made me so excited to start yeah and that's what i feel like we're missing out on like we're not excited to start there has Mm. to be some sort of you know, like a, there has to be a taste, a, a juice, what the what the poets called dhok. There has to be a taste of sweetness. Do you know what I mean? In in passion, yeah, one hundred percent. There has to be that. There has to be present. So, uh, list down your goals. So, like your simple goals, whatever it is, just like your limited goals, no problem, right? List them all down, write them down, and then go through each one and just mm-hmm. amplify them. 
and make it seem like ridiculous make it seem impossible it's okay just have a bit of fun and what you'll realize is two things you'll realize that in some of them you're not getting excited you're actually scared yeah so i remember speaking to a client she was like i was like how much would you like to make a month she was like i don't know about 1100 pound and i was like okay that's cool that's okay okay i want you to amplify that now times that by 10 she's like 11000 pound a month no 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 i was like what she goes no that's too scary yeah so so what's what's the fear there what are you afraid what 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 are you afraid of what's actually going on right and what you'll see is that a lot of people are actually afraid of achieving because there's a fear of success yeah because we've become so used to failing yeah. and it's such a norm that we don't want to create this new identity based on success mm-hmm. that we're so afraid of becoming a greater version of ourselves that we're so afraid of becoming this new person that we won't know how to function yeah we won't know how to function a lot of people are actually afraid of success so once you have those amplified goals down there take a look at them experience them set those as the benchmark you know commitment only follows excitement a lot of the time mm-hmm. you know there has to be a sense of passion there has to be a sense of excitement and it gives you a break from setting goals with your mind and you can start to set goals with your heart. Yeah. Because the mind's like, you ain't getting this. You ain't making that 10K. No way. Based on previous experience, right? Because we, we have this uh, concept of uh, homeostatic impulse. I think that's correct. I may be wrong. Um, this idea that the subconscious mind doesn't like n- anything new. Because yeah. it's because yeah, it's, yeah. it's got because it's got its pattern. Right? I'm sure mm. you know far more than I yeah. would. This is it's got its pattern. And it doesn't want to break its pattern. Um, fear of the unknown. The fear of the unknown. Of, exactly. Yeah. The the heart's like no. The heart's like uh, what? Give me more. Like I'll totally go for it. You know, set that goal. Yeah, excited. And when you get your heart involved, yeah, with setting goals, it's so much more fun. So my advice is just have fun with it, man. Like you know, yeah. I think that. I think, oh man, I think the ultimate goal, and I'm, I'm sure it's like not the ultimate goal for everyone, but I think the ultimate goal is just to be accepted by something greater than ourselves. Yeah. To be comf- to, to have that confirmation. Oh wow, yeah. I think that's the ultimate goal. I think that's what we're all looking for. Like just imagine when you wake up and you're in the presence of God and God says, you know, I accept you. Like I just accept you completely, wholly and entirely. You know, well, what more is there left to achieve, right? Yeah, that is the ultimate achievement. Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, for some, like, no, what are you talking about? It's a bit too woo woo for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, just amplify your goals then. But the thing is, then the rest of it comes. Exactly. The rest of it is kind of just, it just happens with ease. And it's not really a struggle to get there. Yeah, 100%. It comes with ease. Yeah, I love you posted something a long time ago and I I have, I I never forgot it. It was, uh, it was like the word hustle crossed out and the word alignment instead. Yeah. And then that like hit my core. Yeah. It was like, we're in this hustle culture. Oh yeah, definitely. Hustle, hustle. (laughs) Like, you know, and it's like in the tradition and in a lot of spiritual traditions, it's like, it's not actually you doing the work. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, even when I do my work and I work with clients, I really ask for the divine or, you know, to work through me mm. because it's not me doing all the work yeah man. it's very it comes from the ego mind if you think you're doing all the work yourself 100 percent. and if you just kind of allow the love yeah. to flow through you yeah, to yeah, work yeah, through yeah, you yeah. you can do so much more 100 you can be guided by that and 100%. you can do you know 
you can surf so much better. I agree. Yeah, I definitely. agree. Thank you so much. So another question. Mm-hmm. How do we find the self-confidence and the self-respect? Because you do talk about self-respect. I do, yeah, no. yeah. I, I spent a lot of my time just casually being disrespected. Just accepting disrespect. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Like, because I just didn't know boundaries. Yes. I didn't oh, yeah, know boundaries. limitations. I didn't know what respect was. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, my life is about pleasing people, right? Like, that's what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, that's actually not the case. And, you know, growing up as a people pleaser, growing up as someone that just pleased everyone and just sort of like said yes to everyone. Uh, I think it's super important to just discover boundaries yeah. and discover self-respect. And I think self-respect relates to the idea of the sanctity of the self, this idea that you're sacred, this idea that you you do not belong to yourself and that you belong to a very higher power, a a higher reality. And that's where I feel a lot of self-respect comes from. And self-respect is also respecting the other person. It's respecting your neighbor. It's respecting humanity. And I think ways to cultivate that, I'm, I'm sort of figuring that out along the way. I think it's so important to have principles. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've lost that. I was speaking to a, a very close brother of mine and he said like, what are your principles? And I was like, <laughs> and he was like, if you have principles, then you can deduce respect from that. You can deduce values and you can deduce strengths. So it's about being a principled person mm-hmm. um, and, and trying to inculcate principles. And, where do you get those principles from? We were supposed to get them from education. We're supposed to get them from a, from a holistic education. I get my principles from the great men uh, of the path, uh, Gnostics, yogis, you know, teachers alike, and their principles are in harmony with the world. They're in harmony with the universe. Yeah, I feel like a practical step for people to just start to learn that self respect is to research what respect actually is. Yeah. To take a look at what it means to have respect and to just go on that journey to educate yourself. You cannot do what you do not know. Mm -hmm. I remember speaking to some clients and they said to me that they wanted support on how to develop and open a business. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, cool. So what's blocking you? They were like, no, we don't care about this blocking stuff. We just want to know about, we just want to open a business. I was okay. So what do you know about business? They were like, uh, nothing. I was like, Here's a hint, here's a tip. Go learn about business. Yeah. Because you cannot do what you do not know. Yeah. So how can you respect yourself if you don't know what respect really is? You know, um just, just hop hop on hop on Google, type in Amazon respect mm-hmm. and take a look at some of the most bona fide books in the area and really educate yourself on what respect is and you'll enlighten yourself on and you know discover something pretty deep. Mm-hmm. Because I just got so tired I just got so tired of just people not respecting boundaries. Yeah. Um, people feeling that they could disrespect me because I didn't have boundaries in the past. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the deepest and the most important aspect of self-respect is respecting yourself first. Yeah. You know, like don't prostitute yourself for this world. Yeah. You know, like respect yourself. Really come in touch and part of respecting yourself is keeping promises oh yeah trying to keep promises to yourself so when you promise yourself that you're going to do something try your best to keep it because that's a form of respect yeah not letting yourself down yeah because you can just 
resentment can breed so deep yeah. when we let ourselves down. Yeah, and I, I've experienced that. If we let ourselves down, then we kind of allow others to do the same, right? Exactly. Wherever yeah. you go, there you are. Yeah. That's the quote. Wherever you go, there you are. It's just a mirror. Yeah. It's just it's just this just this crazy mirror that what you see in other people is more than likely in you. Of course. Uh, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um so if you, if I'm not respecting myself, I honestly believe that energetically people will pick up on that. Yeah. And they'll be able to just manipulate me and mm-hmm. So it's it's a deep one. And people really do show you what you, what's inside of you, isn't it? So yeah, they will kind yeah. of do something to show you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have this that you need to work on. Yeah, yeah. And then until you get to the point where nothing bothers you anymore. Mm. It really, people's behavior doesn't bother you anymore. Yeah. And if someone is disrespectful, you can just leave. You can just walk away. And, yeah, yeah. And that's something I'm choose. really trying to work on. Yeah. Like that's something I've been struggling with for like mm-hmm. some time now. This idea of not allowing people to get under your skin. Yeah. Like trying to have this strong aura. Yeah. Um, there's a few people in my life that, oh man, there's a, st- there's a few people, there's a story basically, there's a story, right? Of, of an enlightened yogi. Yeah. He's meditating, he's meditating, he's meditating. And some uh, uh, demonic uh, uh, entities hear about this man who's meditating and, and they're like, yo, we, we've got to really ruin this guy. Because he's getting to a point now where he's going to experience deep nirvana. He's yeah. going to experience this deep level of bliss that that's very rare. So we've got to ruin it for yeah. him. So he starts to cause trouble in his house. This man's still grounded, still absolutely grounded. He's not, you know, uh, bemused by anything that's going on. Um, he comes home, finds that his wife cheated on him with his best friend. Um, he's still pretty calm. Mm. He's not lost it yet. He's still in a state of equanimity. He's still really grounded. He's not... Uh, angry he's like oh hey hi bob Uh, okay okay i'll just i guess i'll leave his kids leave him so the master demon speaks to these the 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 the, like the inferior demons and says like what's going on with this guy man like you guys haven't sorted him out he's he's reaching this level of nirvana (laughs) this level of deep you know uh, unadulterated bliss you know through his meditative practice he's not letting the world get to him he's not letting people get to him he's just so powerful they're like no we tried everything we got his wife to cheat on him. We got his kids to leave him. He mm. lost his job. Or oh, where is he now? Oh, he's meditating in a garden. Mm. Okay, so they went and they presented themselves to him physically. Mm. And they showed him the most um, scariest of images of, of themselves. And that didn't even perturb him either. He's just there, just in, in, that, in that typical meditative position, under the tree, just meditating, smiling, mm-hmm. waving at them. Um, and they said, you know what? We're actually going to watch this guy we're gonna analyze this guy we're gonna see what this guy does so they stand back they're watching him they see him raking his garden so he's raking his garden keeping his garden clean and a leaf from the tree falls and he looks at the leaf in such a weird way and they're like hmm hold on a minute and he picks it up and he moves it and they're like we've got an idea so he'd go sit under his tree and he'd go and he'd find his garden ruined Mm -hmm. and it's not ruined by much it's ruined by one twig like literally just one twig's place, they'll pick it up and he'll remove it. Mm-hmm. And he'll go back and he'll sit down and he'll go into the meditation position. And he'll go back and he'll find another twig, even smaller. And he'll get even more infuriating. He's getting angry now. And he's losing that meditative presence. Mm. Picks up the twig, throws it away. And then and then they put an even smaller twig there now. So they've ruined his garden like three or four times. He just erupts. Mm-hmm. He loses that state. 
he just completely loses it, switches, gets so angry, loses that equanimity, loses that state of presence. And my teacher turned around and said to me, he's like, find out what your twig is. Find out what your twig is. Find out what frustrates you. What frustrates you because you can get to a point where you can clear all that up, but there's still that one little Mm. tiny little thing that can just ruin you. Mm. And that's the quest that I think we're on as human beings is sort of figuring that out. I'm trying to figure out, like, dude, I got like branches, not twigs. (laughs) (laughs) There's like so many people that just like that that affect me and, and, and they get to me. But I, I've just got to remind myself that I'm in charge of my emotions. Yeah, I'm in charge of my exactly. feelings. I'm in charge of my aura. Yeah. And the less responsibility that I give to them to make me feel good, the more empowered I feel. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's just so powerful. How do you handle it? How do you handle other people's energies? How do you handle other people trying to affect you? Negative energy. What's sort of like yeah. your... I really do think when people meditate and they raise their vibration, people will come and try to, um, because it's a very difference in frequency, they will try to kind of annoy you just to get your vibration down. Mm. And it's really important to protect yourself energetically. Mm. So um, I think it's important to pray. Yeah. And also just affirm to yourself and ask for protection. That's for beautiful. the whole day yeah. and just say, um, you know, kind of create a bubble around yourself and not allow anyone to cross that boundary yeah. uh, with anything less than love. Awesome. If it's anything less than love, it's not allowed to come in. And wow. if anyone does anything that is, you know, kind of um, annoying, mm. you can just walk away. Mm. I do that. I walk away. And um, I try to do it in the most respectful way. Yeah. But I do walk away and I don't um, kind of uh, get involved in anything that is low frequency. Mm. Um, Of course, it's, you know, sometimes you need to learn um, conflict resolution as well. That's true. You can't run away from everything. True. But conflict resolution with, you know, being very conscious about what you say and being Mm. respectful and Mm. being loving. Mm-hmm. And I think people can learn from that as well. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. If someone's being annoying or angry, mm. they see you being calm mm-hmm. and they can learn from that as yeah. well. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And um, yeah, so that's what I do. And, you know, if someone's being negative, I just, I don't get involved. Just take a step back. Yeah. Mm. So mm. I got a question. There's something that I've been grappling with for a while. How do we serve the annoying people of the world? Yeah. You know. Me personally, with my work specifically, mm. I serve anyone that's ready because not everyone mm. will be ready to that's come. That's a good point. And want to, you know, be helped or kind of raise their frequency, raise their consciousness. Mm-hmm. Not everyone would want to do that. But some people are ready and people do come and it's really I see people being vulnerable and this mm. is what makes me want to help them. That's it cool, makes man. me want to work with them. Yeah, yeah. And you can help other people by just being in their presence sometimes if if there is no other way and you really care about them. True. Your presence is really gonna make that difference as well. Yeah, yeah. Big time. Because if you raise your vibration constantly and you make sure that you are um kind of in that state of uh, if you've purified your mind and body and you know your heart mm. and you try to be in a 
calm state of mind, yeah, yeah, most of the time, you are going to affect other people. Yeah. Whether yeah. you know it or not, you will. 100%. Yeah. Energetically, you're going to completely touch them. Yeah. But um, I think giving unsolicited advice is very harmful. Ooh, because a lot of people true. do that especially in our kind of professions mm. you know we, we care about people so we want to help them we tell them oh you know but they're not ready to hear it mm. and sometimes it can be difficult mm. so that's one of the boundaries I've kind of worked on myself is mm. not give people advice that they haven't asked for I give people advice when they ask me yeah um and um yeah you can just be yourself and I think people get inspired by who you are that's so deep. rather than you know pressuring them to change <laughs> yeah yeah someone yeah. said something to me it was so deep it, 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 and i i struggled with whether i agree with it or not mm-hmm. but it is starting to make sense is that everyone has a right to suffer of course yes yeah, <laughs> some people don't want to come out of it right everyone has a right to suffer yeah. right and it's like they have this they have this right and who am I to take that right away from them? Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. You don't need to suffer or you shouldn't suffer. It was like, no, everyone has a right to suffer. Mm-hmm. And if that's the choice that they're making at that point, yeah. then here I am. Yeah. And if they want to come out of it, here I am. Yeah. It's that sort of, and it's tough to see people willingly suffer. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've met, I'm sure you've met tons of people in, in, you know, in your time, yeah. in your work, that people who just like are willingly happy to just suffer. Yeah. They're like, they'll just go for it. Yeah. And no matter what you say, no matter what you give, mm-hmm. no matter how much of yourself that you provide to them, it's like, it's just not getting through. Yeah. And it's like a pattern, isn't it? That mm-hmm. is, they don't want to come out of because it's when you work on yourself and you release certain things, it does really feel like you're losing a part of yourself. Wow. Because you really are losing a part of yourself. True. You know, fear of abandonment, fear of rejection, fear of being hurt. These are part of ourselves. Mm. They don't serve us, but they're still a part of us. Mm. And when we release them, it hurts. Wow. It's painful. And people don't want to go through the pain of releasing that part of themselves. That's so profound. Yeah. So profound. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so. uh, One more thing. I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are struggling with burnout at work. Mm. Yeah. I'm not sure if you've experienced this yourself. When is it time to leave? Ooh, good question. Um, it's definitely too late if you've burnt out. Yeah. Right. So it's it's yeah. too late if you've burnt out, right? Exactly. Yeah. So so then it's damage control. Yes. And a lot I'm I'm speaking to a lot of people who have already burnt out. Yeah. I don't feel like a lot of people catch it early. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's just like if they do, mm-hmm. kudos to you. If you catch that early, you know, like then good. But a lot of people have actually already burnt out. So yeah. now it's like complete damage control. Yeah. So it's a case of returning back to zero, returning back to that zero point, that state of coming back to normal. Yeah. So if you've already burnt out, then you need to take a break. Yeah. You have to. It's so imperative for you to do so. Mm-hmm. If you don't, that's your choice. Mm-hmm. Like 100%, it's your choice. If you don't want to take a break, you don't yeah. have to take a break. However, I have spoken to a few people who have been burnt out. And a lot of the time, people are just burnt out emotionally. Because 
they spent like the last year wanting to stop, wanting to take a break, and they go through this inner conflict mm-hmm. of no, I must not stop, I must carry on, mm-hmm. and that's what's actually burnt them out. Mm-hmm. It's this mismanagement of emotions. Yeah. It's this inability to regulate their emotions. This inability to to ground themselves. This inability yeah. to to come at peace with the fact that they want to break. Mm-hmm. A lot of us right now are consumed. And some sub- subsumed with this idea of acquisition, achievement, war, yeah. grind, push, not enough. There's this deep sense of not enoughness in our society right now. It's so prevalent. And combining not enoughness with no meaning. So a lot of people like struggle to find meaning in this world right now. Yeah. Um, so not enough, no meaning, no companionship. It's like emotional burnout on cosmic level. So my advice would be to to those who have already burnt out and, had, and they know that they've burnt out is trust yourself to take a break. Yeah. Like just trust yourself. Like I, I've spoken to people that are like, I can't, I can't just sit down. I can't just like, like watch. Then, then, then more than likely you're suffering from some deficiencies. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a report that suggests that people who suffer from vitamin D3 deficiencies go through emotional regulation problems. Yeah. So it's so profound, and there's little to no sun in the UK. We don't experience that much sunlight. Yeah. Soon it's going to be winter. It's going to be getting dark at four, five p.m. People with SAD, seasonal affective disorder. Is yeah. that correct? Did I butcher that? Probably. Um, are, are going to be upset that it's getting dark and there's no sun, and it's going to make them even worse. So, I look at things holistically. If you're burnt out, then you're probably burnt out for a wide range of reasons. But there's things that are going to help you. Yeah. So, for example, B12. We have a massive B12 vitamin B12 deficiency, mm-hmm. which is known as methylcobalamin. Um, that helps with so many processes in the body. And if the body doesn't get that, it will start to break down. Mm-hmm. Uh, vitamin D3. Um, go get your vitamin D levels checked out. Most likely, you're deficient. Mm-hmm. Um. And what happens when you're deficient with vitamin D? There was a guy, he actually came to a, he came to one of his teachers uh, and said to him, not more than a teacher, came to like one of his gurus actually, came to, came to his guru and said, guru, guru, I'm being, I'm being haunted by a witch. She's haunting me. I see her at night. She's, she's, she's standing at the edge of my bed and I see this witch and wherever I go, she's, she's with me and I'm haunted and I'm terrified. What do I do? He goes, okay, come with me. They hop in a jeep. They go to the doctor's surgery. Turns out this dude's vitamin D levels are so <laughs> low that he's actually hallucinating. Yeah, yeah. His vitamin D levels are so low that he's hallucinating and creating this witch story. <laughs> Boom, they put him on mega doses of vitamin D. The witch is gone. The story of the curse is gone. The story of his family being cursed is all gone. It was just a simple case of vitamin D. But vitamin D is not a vitamin. It's actually a hormone. Mm. It's something that is created in our body mm. when the sunlight touches us and we're not getting much of that. Mm. A lot of us are staying indoors. Um, like I was feeling extremely irritable and I took some vitamin D not too long ago. I feel better now. Yeah. I feel grounded. I, was, I, was, I wasn't too well not too long ago and I took some B12 and I, and I got my energy back. I started yeah. to wake up less sluggish. Another, things, another thing is probiotics. Mm-hmm. so healthy gut bacteria it's so important to try to maintain a healthy a healthy, oh a healthy gut bacteria yeah. and you can do this from consuming various forms of probiotics so you've got kombucha yeah you've got kefir you've got um probiotics that you can buy off um off um what's the website 
I think it's is it Holland and Barrett. Yeah, Lindbergh. Holland and Barrett. There's some other better brands out there. This is actually going to help you mm-hmm. um, get through that burnout. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, we're trying to deal with issues that are not conceptual conceptually. Mm-hmm. And there's actually practical steps that we can take. There's practical steps that we can take. Mm-hmm. We have we we have a massive iodine deficiency mm-hmm. in the UK because the soil is bereft of any magnesium, any calcium, any potassium, sodium. The soil is not of great quality. We have an even bigger magnesium deficiency. And magnesium is actually used to help muscles relax. And it's yeah. used in conjunction with calcium. So people are like not consuming magnesium. They're muscles are extremely tense their body's crying out for nutrients give me vitamins give me nutrients and we're yeah. just like scoffing mcdonald's yeah. or nutrient and empty foods people are eating pringles for dinner and it's like well well why do you have that burnout do you have that burnout because kathy at work's a bitch or do you do you have that burnout because you're not looking after yourself yeah all the burnouts that i had were my fault yeah not exercising properly Overconsumption of meat, mm. overconsumption of sugar. I had like a massive sugar addiction. Uh, eating too much, emotional eating, binge eating, not taking a look at what my body needs, and actually actively taking a look at myself and educating myself alongside this. And there's a plethora of there's like there's like tons of information mm-hmm. that you can actually take a look at online. Yeah. Um, and if anyone's confused, then just contact me. I'd yeah. be more than happy to help you for free i'll send you a list of the things that you need to go ahead and get some of the herbs that you can have you can have mm-hmm. yeah it's powerful yeah. yeah i'm slurring my speech whoa i am tired <laughs> i am so done right now <laughs> i'm so nice like, great you're doing amazing <laughs> so what about the people who haven't got to that stage yet to burn out but they're just unhappy with their job mm. and um they have the fear of leaving you know yeah. what's going to happen to me if i leave i'm oh, just wow. you know all of that so what do they do what uh, would you what would you say to them you just gave me it? a huge flashback <laughs> cuz yeah yeah did you have it too yeah <laughs> it was a huge flashback so i was working for the ministry of justice mm-hmm. this awesome cushy government job right <laughs> i'm like working for the government of the uk like look at me right yeah. i'd go to my family's house to be like where do you work ministry of justice yeah, yeah. like you know Impressed. i work for the government you know yeah. i got security clearance do you have security clearance <laughs> you know that sort of uh, arrogance and i remember just literally bunking off work uh <laughs> like i just go to the toilet and like not need a toilet and just like put the seat down completely like just sit there like this and have a breakdown of being there and i'll do it like for 15 minutes every day and i just thought to myself like i'm gonna leave this place like i can't do this no more i have to leave i have to leave i was scared i was worried uh, I, I just moved out i just got my own place um i was so confused i was so scared so scared and i remember listening to someone on youtube speak about courage Mm-hmm. and they yeah. said that uh ralph waldo emerson i think says that you're waiting and waiting to have the power do the thing and then you'll have the power yeah do the thing and then you'll experience the power it comes after you actually exactly i say to my clients that you experience courage in the middle of the air after you've taken the jump from building to building yeah. when you're in the middle of the air and there's like nothing there that's when you experience courage mm-hmm. you don't experience courage on building a building b you experience it when you're about to fall yeah that's where you get to experience your courage so what i would recommend to everyone is you know be sensible list out the pros and cons but don't be afraid to take that leap 
and don't trust on yourself trust on god trust on the higher power trust on the energy that's looked after you has looked after you will continue to look after you forever and ever will catch you fall into the invisible hands of grace Yeah. yeah and a lot of people are sort of waiting they're like i'm waiting for everything to be safe so i can leap that's not leaping that's constructing a bridge yeah and you know there's more chance of falling when you're constructing a bridge than in leaping Oh, yeah. There's more chance that you're going to fall building this bridge than you would leaping. So don't think about it too much. Just jump. Yeah, just don't think about it too much. Just try yeah. your best to jump. But definitely take a keen intellectual approach as well. Take a look at how it's going to affect your life. You know, speak to the people around you. Speak to people that you trust. Get a second opinion, a third opinion. Really investigate it. But if you feel like your job is not serving you, and it's affecting your well-being to a point where you're depressed, mm-hmm. to a point where you don't want to live no more, to a point where you, you just don't know what it's about. Mm-hmm. And you've got money. So, like, a lot of people, are, are like, they're working. They've got, like, savings and stuff like that. Quit. Go travel. Yeah? Go to some awesome places. Go travel. Go meet new people. Go experience the world. Go, ex- go experience life. Learn about yourself. Learn about yourself. Develop a keen mm-hmm. sense of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be a job, dude. Yeah. You know? You know, as long as you believe there's always going to be a job, you know, there's always going to be people who are like looking to employ you. And if you've got a degree as well, like, you know, in our society, that's really like looked upon as a good thing, Mm. having a degree and stuff like that. Even to those that don't have a degree, you have tons of experience, which I'm sure you can leverage in your own way. Mm -hmm. That's not going to leave you. you. You know, people think that if I leave my job, then I lose everything. It's like not necessarily all that experience is still there with you. Yeah. You know, you're still the same person. You'll go and become a great person. You know, mm-hmm. we weren't designed to work as much as we're working now, I think. Oh, yeah, I like, you know, they would um, they would make kids work so much during the, the Industrial Revolution. They would make kids so, work so much that they were dying from overwork. They would be, they would be working 16-hour shifts. Mm-hmm. And what they would do is they would have these blocks. They would color the blocks white, yellow, green, black, and red. Mm-hmm. And they would put blocks next to each child to signify their their uh, progression how well they were working if you were on white you weren't working very well if you were on green it's okay if you're on yellow you can get there and they would put these blocks and black is like yo you're gonna get out on your head we're gonna we're gonna chuck you out right mm-hmm. and it was all because of capitalism right was, you yeah. know like push push we want to make more we'll make more money mm-hmm. it was the end of feudalism we can make an, an unlimited amount almost mm-hmm. in a, in a sense and one guy came along and said you know what i got a great idea i got such a good idea let's take all these kids right you know no no wait his, his bare idea. Let's create something called a weekend. So they created the weekend. <laughs> there was no weekends before. They created the weekend. Let's create this illusory two days of 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 leisure, mm-hmm. which we uh, uh, own realistically because you're so tired by the time it's Saturday. It's like oh, I just want to lie down. So you don't actually do anything on your weekends, unfortunately. And I've been there, yeah. and like I'm there every now and again. We all go through it. I'm yeah. not perfect. We all go through it. Anyway, so this guy comes along and he goes, look, let's, let's create a weekend and let's take them out. Mm. Let's take them to Blackpool. Let's put them on the steam train and mm. let's take them to Blackpool and let's let them have a good time so that they, when they come back, they'll be more excited for work. Do you want to know what that guy's name was? Thomas Cook. Mm. Have you heard of Thomas Cook Travels? Yeah, yeah. Thomas Cook was the guy who wow. took everyone on holiday and commercialized leisure. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, he commercialized leisure. So it was like, yeah, look, holiday, wow. So it's like people are now working. And it's like, oh, it doesn't matter if I'm burnt out. I'm just going to mm. go on holiday. Yeah. It's like, but what do you do on holiday? Mm. You know, I've been on holiday before. I've been on holidays that have been so draining. 
Yes. Have you been on that? No one admits it. We'll come back with the nice flashy photos. Like, look where I've been. And it's like. Exhausted. Exhausted. It was yeah. horrible. All yeah. I did was stuff my face because I'm, I've got emotional baggage from the UK. <laughs> and then I was on yeah. the flight looking at that guy in first class thinking, eh, I want to I wanna be in first class. <laughs> and it's like, you come back and everyone's like, how's your holiday? Oh, it was great. Yeah, it was awesome. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> And in reality, it wasn't. So, like, let's yeah. just be honest. Take a break. Mm-hmm. And truly rest. And rest. Yeah. yeah like, I, I I experienced true rest. Yeah. Just a glimpse mm. in, in Bali. So, when oh. I got to Bali, I was like, there's nothing to do. No, like, outwardly, there's nothing to do. It was like, oh, so, so I created this illusory sense of I have to work, I have to work. And I realized that it was just... In your head. It was a fabrication. Yeah. It was, like, literally nothing to do. Yeah. It, like, like okay there's prayer and stuff like that but those are not things and you're not doing them mm. you're being them in a being, sense being yeah. yes like you're the word being. muslim is actually a verb mm. it's not a noun mm. it's actually a verb it's a it's a it's a state it's something it's like akin to running almost yeah um it's something that's happening yeah so all that was to do in ubud was to just be mm. and to just be silent and to, to 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 silence my eyes and to silence my mind, my body and my soul. And I struggled with that so much. I was like creating things to do. Yeah. Because I couldn't believe that I could just be. Yeah. You, you, know, you know what I mean? I could just read a book. I could go swimming, just walk down the road, look at the trees, you know. Yeah. My dad, God bless him, before he passed, he would uh, be sat in, 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 in he, he went back to the village life in Pakistan because he just loved it. Yeah. And he goes, he was sat watching birds for four and a half hours. Wow. And he goes, I was trying to figure out how they communicate <laughs> with each other. Wow. And he was like, that one comes and speaks to this one and like did that. And I just looked and I was like, why dad? That's, that's so meditation cool. there. Yeah. That's yeah. Just... And he was like watching the birds speak and talk to each other. And as he grew older, he just realized the deep level of, of wisdom. And if anyone burnt out, I know close to me was my dad. Like he was like an extremely wealthy business businessman. He did it all. But he eventually started to realize that, you know, there's more to life than doing. Being in the present moment, just being. Yeah. yeah. Human being, not human doing. Yeah, yeah. Right? Such so, a beautiful state to be in. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. May yeah. God grant us that 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 yeah. state. May we all be in that state. May all those that are listening yeah. be able to experience the bliss of of the present moment, that presence, that presence with God. Yeah. That's what we're seeking in it. Yeah, 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 definitely. So we're all seeking in one way or another. Yeah. In one way or another. Yeah, it's just so life, you feel alive mm. when you're in the present moment. This oh, is what 100%. life is about. And we've lost that, um, we've lost that ability to be in the present moment. Yeah. So we have to teach ourselves all over again yeah. to do that. Yes. And it's so beautiful. Yeah, so... Okay, one last question. Uh, how do we know we're serving? Ooh. Living a life of service. Good question. I remember um, creating a youth group with my teacher called Open Circle. Um, this idea that the youth could come and develop a narrative very based on traditional sources of knowledge to save them from that hyper secular mindset of hyper individuality to give the kids a sense of purpose community together and belonging and uh, he was definitely in charge of it and he, he enlisted my support uh, he's much older than me 
um, I, I look up to him and uh, he's a great mentor of mine, someone that I love dearly, who's guided me through a lot. And I remember going in to the days where I had to like serve, being so preoccupied with myself, mm. being so preoccupied with what I was wearing, being so preoccupied with how everyone was going to perceive me, being mm. preoccupied with how I wanted things, but more so being preoccupied being preoccupied with whether I was good enough for it. Yeah. So I brought my baggage with me. I brought all my baggage <laughs> with me. And I remember having a conversation with him saying, I don't want to do it no more. I like completely quit. Like I bailed on him. And he was like, dude, like if, if we're not going to do it, then who is? If everyone has the thought that I'm not good enough for it. Yeah. And he just looked at me and he says, you know what? You got to get over yourself. It ain't about you. It was never about you. It will never be about you. It's not mm -hmm. about you. So I think that one of the precursors to true service is that you don't perceive yourself in it. It's like, it's like, it's not about you. Mm. It's about the service. And that that's one of the hallmarks to true service. It's not like, look at how many people I served today. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, more, not enough. Let's keep going more. Let's open our arms to more people. It's not, oh, hi, guys. So, you know, I, I, you know, in our culture, like when I was in Ubud and Bali, like I did like a whole seminar on marketing and, and how to gain clients and stuff like that. Service is now seen as like a great marketing tactic to mm -hmm. get people to just buy your stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's such a problem. Mm -hmm. It's like this disingenuous service. Oh, I want to serve you. Oh, I want to, you know, and it's something that I've been guilty of as well and something that I'm struggling with. And, you know, true service is not about the one serving. It's the, it's, it's the one who's served. That's the pri primary importance. Mm -hmm. And there's this concept of se sewa, mm -hmm. seva, this idea of selfless service. Yeah. This idea of serving selflessly with no, uh, with no ambition to gain, with no ambition to sort of uh, achieve or acquire it's done from a very deep, deep state of, of of mind. And that's something that I'm really, really seeking. And I'm sure a lot of us in this work is seeking it. So just to wrap that up really quickly is that one of the key hallmarks of service is that you don't focus it so much on, on yourself. And you really focus on giving mm. uh, more than taking. Yeah. Absolutely. Just giving more than taking. Yeah. 100%. Without expecting anything in return. Yeah. that That would be, for me, that would be like the, the height for me yeah. to just give without expecting anything in return it's a sort of unconditional service that it, it comes from the depth of your being it's it's for something higher yeah. than than a mere acquisition a mere acquisition if mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah definitely because i i've struggled with that still i'm struggling with it um discovering what it means to be a true servant mm -hmm. to truly serve um it's deep mm -hmm. it's deep because there's, there's so many seeds of identity in it you know, um, there's this amazing story of the man who served. <laughs> there's this amazing story of a guru, right? Mm -hmm. He has so many students. He has so many disciples around him with him. And uh, one disciple gets sent to the hay, the, 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 the hay barn, to just stack the hay, to develop and do whatever you got to do with hay, right? And uh, this guru lived an amazing life and everyone else was around him. Everyone else was just with him and was surrounded around the guru and they were emulating him, dressing like him, looking like him. And there's this kid who was like just in the hay barn, right? During the time that the guru was going to pass, he had to pass his mantle on to someone. He had to give someone else the next, you know. 
and everyone's around him and he's dying. And uh, he says, uh, "Go call the one from the hay barn." Mm. And he and he and he and he puts his turban onto his head, mm. and everyone's like, "Oh, why are you giving it to him? He's just the hay barn boy." And he goes, "Speak," and he spoke things that they had never heard before. And he spoke things that of deeper realities mm-hmm. that, that no one really had grasped before. And it was because the guru understood that he he just knew what service meant. Go do the hay barn, okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's another uh, uh, story similar that there was a false guru. He was actually fake. Mm-hmm. He was a he was a fraud. He was a fraud, and he had a lot of disciples. But he had one disciple that was just so sincere, so sincere and pure. He didn't make it by himself, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he walked in and he saw his guru committing an act forbidden, mm-hmm. and uh, he didn't see it. Out, I, I like outwardly it was present, but he inwardly he didn't see it. He said, oh, Guru, can I serve you in any way? Mm. He didn't see that, that act. And the Guru was like, oh, just, just be gone with. Go go grab the sickle and cut the wheat. Go grab the sickle and cut the wheat. A couple of miles away, a real true Guru mm. said, I'm dying. When I die, seek the boy who cuts the wheat with the sickle. Mm. Because he was the one who was serving completely in, in a state of truth. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, Service is it's deep. It, it, it's it's so deep. It's at the root of the Islamic tradition. Mm-hmm. You know, to be a servant is to be the highest. You know, to yeah. be a true servant. And the Prophet, blessings and peace was be upon him, was offered to be a um, a king prophet or a servant prophet. He chose to be a servant prophet. It's just deep. It goes really deep. I I, I would uh, definitely recommend a book by Ram Das. It's called How Can I Help You. It's about service, mm-hmm. tr- true service. It's about creating uh, communities of love. I'd also recommend everyone to take a look and listen to uh, my brother, Osama Cannon. Mm-hmm. He has some stuff on YouTube about building communities of love. And uh, he has some good things on service. Um, and if anyone wants to know a bit more, I'll send them the material that I've used for sure. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing all that wisdom with us. And, yeah, um, awesome. <laughs> and um, any last messages for our listeners? Ooh, interesting. The door to God is open. Mm. It's not closed. Many people have given up. Yeah. Many people have had that door shut on them. Manana Rumi says, come, come, whoever you are, right? This is not a caravan of despair, right? Yeah. You know, come, our doors are open and, uh, you know, God, God wants you. Yeah. He's seeking you, you know, and um, it's tough out there. It's really hard, but um, God's doors open. Give, give it a knock. See yeah. what happens. Yeah. That's, I think that's, I think that's yeah that's my message thank you so much thank you everyone for listening and have a lovely day